Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Joe, we are live. What's up, everybody? December 10th edition of the post-show UFC Fresno Bellator 190 podcast here at Fightful MMA. Yours truly, Joe Ferraro, uh, joined as always with Sean Rossap. Give him a follow online at Sean Rossap. Yours truly at Showdown Joe. Bunch of stuff to discuss. It'll be one of our abbreviated shows uh, for a post-show event. Um, some stuff to talk about with what just happened down in Fresno, California. We'll talk about what happened at Bellator 190. Very quick main event uh, in terms of title fight. Uh, Sean Ross Sapp, I'll tell you this, though. Uh, there's a few things I want to discuss, obviously, with refing, uh, with judging uh, on this Fresno card. But some of the results were absolutely fantastic. I thought the show was kind of slow to start off. I felt like I've, I lost about 20 minutes of my life uh, three or four times or more watching some of the fights. But then those last three fights, for sure, uh, we're, we're absolutely fantastic. UFC pacing is just the worst. We've said this about a billion times, but while baseball, basketball, football try to find ways to speed up their game, UFC and WWE try to find ways to stretch it out and keep you there as long as possible, which is weird. Maybe it has something to do with ad revenue, maybe something uh, about their deals that maybe I'm not privy to, but man, uh, the pacing can be really, really bad, especially when you have so many fights to begin with. Damn, Uh, the pacing was terrible. It's getting so bad for for guys like me that that just have so much UFC since day one in 93 I start I start getting crazy ideas in my head I'm like I wonder if it could like if it actually would make sense and if it could actually be a reality I'll, I'll throw this your way as, as, as people are starting to join the show as we speak don't forget those that are already with us right now by all means live chat top right of your screen uh, give us a little shout interact with us uh, we'll do the best we can to uh, to answer and comment on some of the stuff that you post but I'll ask you this Sean 
I know it's never going to happen, but what if all MMA fights, with the exception of title fights, what if all MMA fights were just five minutes? One round, five minutes, fight. Damn. You want finishes? You want fighting? You got five minutes. Go. Yeah, but you might have a lot of guys just wanting to squeak out and ride that five-minute laying on top of somebody. Ah, man, I don't want that. I don't want that. You don't think it would work? Damn. Well, or, you know, Brian Ortega, he wouldn't have won tonight. Very true. Very true. And he took everything Cup Swanson. and he was like, I won't say he was walking through those thunderous punches that that club was landing, but he did. He went right through everything, and it was just like, I'm going to get a hold of you eventually. Eventually, I'm just going to close this distance slowly but surely, and he did it. And at the end of that first round, that was a good round. That I bet you for sure, John McCarthy will take that round and put it into his command course for judging because that was a round that you could look at and say, okay, Cub Swanson with numbers, outstruck Brian Ortega big time. But did anything Did anything he do really try and end that fight in comparison to Ortega's final few seconds in that first round where Swanson was saved by the bell? Well, I, I could – it seemed like in the opening moments of the fight, like Cub Swanson was fighting Ortega like he was a Gracie, like kicking at his legs, like not really respecting his hands, trying to eliminate that. And you started to see Swanson slipping punches, which he is so good at doing. And with a guy like Ortega, he can do it. Then we saw Ortega do what he does best. Now, in the second round, we saw Ortega like shoot in for takedowns and stuff. We don't necessarily see a lot of that out of him. What Brian Ortega is so good at and what actually won in the fight, he capitalizes on the mistakes of others. He's always like a Venus flytrap. Like you make that mistake and he clamps down on you and he doesn't let go. Swanson was saved by the bell in the first round, and he couldn't get saved by the bell in the second round. That's all Ortega needed was for Swanson to make a mistake. And this happens all the time. And uh, I think Swanson's last two losses are bystanding uh, guillotines, which something something to be looked at there probably for him. But if, if it's Brian Ortega and you give him that opportunity, he's going to take that opportunity every single day. So I don't know if there's a lot you can like go to the drawing board with in that regard, as it pertains to a standing guillotine, but Swanson has got caught by two in a row. But that's one thing that stands out to me. Ortega is never out of any fight. Like that, I believe. Like there are some people like Mark Hunt. He's never out of any fight because he can throw that that just that, that wild punch and knock you out. We don't see that a lot out of submission specialists. Like, even Damian Maya, like, there are plenty of times when I see him in fights and I'm like, he's out of that fight. Brian Ortega, there's just something about him where not only do I not think he's out of a fight, man, he just, he waits for somebody to screw up and then he capitalizes. How about how he readjusted that choke while holding on to Cub Swanson? That was <laughs> unbelievable. Crazy. That was psychotic. That was crazy. awesome. The only thing, I mean, it just it's it's just pure skill. I mean, 14 years of doing jiu-jitsu at his age is just absolutely – I mean, I've seen crazy things. Uh, if you ever get a chance, try and watch one of Sean Pearson's. It's not not a submission per se, but watch Sean Pearson's, one of his early fights uh, against Chad uh, Chad's, Chad Sanders or something like that. I forgot what guy's name was, but Pearson was caught in the armbar, and he ran along the cage 
So they were on the ground, and he had his feet on the cage, and he ran around the cage, literally, to get out of the armbar. Another one I seen in TKO was um, Richard Nanku had, I think, a guillotine on, and he he slapped on a triangle choke in midair to get the submission. So uh, to see that type of jiu-jitsu, that type of skill set, you got to have years and years and years of experience understanding what your body can handle, what your body can do uh, when you're in the air. And, and for Ortega to do that is just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, this was, kid's got I was, I was crazy very skills. Impressed by that. Very impressed by that. That was really cool. What do you think of his post-fight interview? Weird. Weird, cool, cool, nice, strange, old soul, nice, weird, what? Who okay, one of those. Like a little too clean me. cut for you. Uh, he hit all the spots. Yeah, what all the spots. Jesus, yeah. charity, and loving his dad. Like he fit all those in. And, yeah. and I mean, wasn't, that uh... he's going to let a more worthy contender fight for the title. Damn man, who are you trying to convince? Me or yourself, bro. Yeah, he's good peeps. He's not. I mean, it's not like Sage Northcutt doing a post-fight interview. Sage Northcutt sometimes I'm kind of like, what's he saying, man? What's yeah, he saying? Sage but he's like looking for milk yeah. and a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah, yeah. So, but good, good on Brian. You, you know what? Him, it's, it's, did you it's, see it's, him in the crowd tonight, looking like Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell with that shirt on, looking like he had Screech next to him. Was he there to support AC Slater? Because you know AC Slater had an amateur wrestling background. Maybe he crossed over. Yeah, I, I, I don't. This, this, Sage is, Sage is a good fighter though, man. He's fast. He's, he's explosive, yeah, he but is. it's just not my, not, not on my vibe. If you know what I'm saying. So somebody asks if Holloway is a harder puncher than Cub. If I trust him to punch better than Cub at range, uh, with accuracy and for power and uh, volume. Like I won't say that he hits harder than Cub Swanson, but I'll say when you factor in all that stuff, range, volume, accuracy and power, I consider Max Holloway a better striker, all things considered. Because that yeah, volume champ, just doesn't come with Cub Swanson these days. No, the champs, the champs one thing, because, the, I mean, you look at the way, Ma, or the way Max closed that distance down on Jose Aldo Jr. in both fights, especially in this last one, uh, and how he was so smart with his striking, um, very precise, uh, and punishing, very punishing whenever he get a chance to, to land those strikes. So um, Cub throws with, with reckless abandon. He's got technique. He'll throw things from that where you're not expecting, and he throws with a lot of power, which I'm, I'm, I'm always going to respect from any fighter. When you're throwing stuff like that, uh, it's pretty damn good. It just, it just needs to land or you're going to get in big trouble. Yeah, I would agree. So uh, Ortega, any idea where you think or where do you think he goes from here? Ortega, yeah, yeah, he's gonna get one more fight. He's not. I, I mean, he's not gonna sit there and wait for. Uh, I shouldn't say he won't, but uh, I, I don't think he should wait for the winner of uh, Holloway and Edgar. Uh, that fight hasn't even been announced. We don't know when that's gonna happen, and you know, you need to get paid, get paid, and you know, take out the next contender uh, in the division. You know who's ranked ahead of him, and shouldn't be, but is ranked ahead of him. Jose, no. Well, he is. The Korean zombie. Okay. I don't like Chan Sung Chung's chances against Ortega. I don't either. I don't like I don't like his chances against anybody in the top ten. But I mean he's gotta fight him. He's ranked number five for some weird reason. He's <laughs> the Korean zombie has won one fight 
in five and a half years. One fight in five and a half years. And somehow he is ranked number five. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But at some point, he's got to fight one of those people. It's either going to be Yaya Rodriguez or Brian Ortega, I think. True. Yeah, I think I think Ortega's just just at a different level. He's just, just fantastic, I just, man. He's just, I don't think they'll put Ortega in there with a Jeremy Stevens, a guy that we know isn't in his league and but but could still beat him because that's just how Jeremy Stevens is. I don't think they'll put him against Darren Elkins, who's top ten on a great winning streak, but very well could beat Brian Ortega. I think at this point, if they got a Brian Ortega who main evented one of their shows and he's gonna get beat by somebody, it's gonna be somebody that's that they can or it, what want to market or is ahead of him. Uh, Ricardo Lamas is ranked ahead of him as well. Uh, is he booked? Yes, he's booked. booked against Josh Emmett next weekend. Ooh, what are you, you get in trouble with the UFC matchmaking team? Okay. Damn. Well, Josh Emmett's won three of four, but yikes. Still- uh, now for Cub Swanson, where, where does Cub Swanson go? Was this the last fight in his contract, or did he get an extension? I think it's, it's the last fight of his contract. It might be, yeah. And also, we had, like, a new persona for him, too, like the family man, the father, like, straight yeah. up having his kid asleep ringside. That's, yeah, they, they should have put some headphones on the child. The little girl good for should him, be, though, uh, yeah. Congrats to him. It's good to see that he's taking him out of fatherhood. Have you ever met him? Have you ever met him? I haven't. Good peeps, man. He good, reminds good me so we much, have... like... He looks and uh, sounds like that guy who I made the joke of, the, the amateur boxer in our gym who had a karate and wrestling background. Oh, yeah, we didn't yeah, know yeah. About. Looks just like him, sounds just like him. Like it's we had uh, we had a fair amount of beverages. Myself, my old boss Bobby T, uh, who I've mentioned on the show before, and Cub uh, at a uh, at an establishment within the man, no MGM. Uh, and it was like just two, three hours of, of three dudes just talking. He's very philosophical, very smart, very humble, comes across like just as, as one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. And it, it just you look at him, and the guy's just a the, yeah. killer, right? So I, I like Cub. He's a good guy. Good, good peeps. Uh, you know, we'll see where he goes from here. But uh, I think I like your, your idea about uh, you, know, you brought up the Korean zombie. I'll take Korean zombie and, and Brian Ortega in a main event. I mean, Ortega's probably winning that fight, but if he doesn't, it's because Korean Zombie knocks him dead. And if Korean Zombie knocks him dead, he's probably not going to move up in the rankings. He'll probably stick around number five. But at least he's done something to deserve that ranking. Now, I'm not saying that, that Korean Zombie's like not a good fighter. He's a good fighter. And this is a division where Jeremy Stevens is ranked in the top ten. That's weird, but he is. Uh, but you gotta you gotta do something to earn that, and he's not fought since that that February fight with Dennis Bermudez that he very well could have lost too. Uh, it, like it was, it looked like he was gonna go that way at, at one point. But Gabriel Benitez uh, dominated Jason Knight. Man, Jason Knight just got worse as this fight went on. It, it always, you know, the, we've got these kind of redneck guys that the UFC picks up that are the lost ball and they'll fight like four or five times a year and they'll put on good fights like he did against Skelly and Caceres. But now Jason Knight has dropped two in a row to uh, Lamas and to Lamas and Benitez. And this is a, a Benitez, one of his better wins. And he just dominated Jason Knight by the end of the fight. Uh, Knight was 
bringing up his back foot when he was throwing strikes. It looked real ugly. He got beat up. This yep. is a guy whose fights I've called a titan. Uh, he got beat up by a guy that I thought he was going to pretend could get this fight down on the ground. Little did I realize that Gabriel Benitez is ducking, slipping, bobbing and weaving <laughs> yeah. angles and footwork were ridiculous in this fight to the point where Jason was just kind of like, you know, you heard Paul, Paul Felder talking about that, you know, maybe Jason should sort of kind of turn down or tune down uh, the power punching. He just wanted to knock Benitez's head off, and Benitez was just fantastic with his striking. Great game plan. Stuck to the game plan. Did get to do bring it, kept bringing it back to the center of the octagon. Didn't go down to the ground. I thought he did an absolutely fantastic job in this fight. Yep, he is now four and two in the UFC. Good for uh, or UFC's Mexico market. Great. How, do, how does him. a twenty nine twenty seven get scored on that card? I hell if I know. It's. I'm just glad they got the right guy. At this Two point. of them got it right, thirty twenty six, and one got it twenty nine twenty seven, which means you gave a round to Jason Knight. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure one of these guys gave Aljamain Sterling a round too, and he didn't make it past uh, eighty Six. seconds. <laughs> oh my, that was that I was. I didn't think I. I mean, I said it on the Holy Smokes MMA podcast. I didn't give him a chance in hell. I gave him that one percent chance of like that I give every every person that's in an MMA fight. There's nothing that I've seen out of Aljamain Sterling, all due respect to him and his skill set, that led me to believe he was going to beat Marlon Marias. Now, I saw somebody say, wow, this this really shows you how good Rafael Asuncao is. I was like, no, it doesn't, because Marlon Marias should have won that fight too. 78% of fans and 95% of reported media gave that fight to Marlon Marias. He stepped right in and need uh, Sterling unconscious. It was almost uncomfortable. But Sterling got his one chance to win and jumped all over it. And uh, kudos to him for that because that, that arm bar looked scary for, for a hot second. Which which fight was that? He lost me Sterling, Marlon Marias. Okay, yeah. I was just kind of like, what just happened there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but... It, it, so Marlon's skill set, we, we've all known that. I mean, the guy is just ridiculous. And, I mean, this fight in 67 seconds was just one of the craziest things. There was another fight on this card here, the opening fight of the broadcast, where the, the first minute was just insane. First two minutes were insane. But Marlon Moraes is just, just a bad man. Like, I mean, he's officially contender in his division. I saw your tweet yeah. afterwards saying um, who he should be fighting next and case closed. What did he say? No, no, what you said. Oh, oh uh, in terms of yeah. who he should be fighting next, like the Dillashaws, the Cruz, or the winner of Rivera Lineker. That's it. Not a Sun Sal. <laughs> he, he won that fight. Not Caraway, because Caraway ain't going to fight him. Sterling's next down. He already beat Dodson. Almeida, when, once you get down there, it's Almeida, Munoz, Wineland, Brett Johns. No, no, no thanks. Uh, this is. A guy who is good, like he should be on an unreal winning streak right now. But two judges screwed the man against him. <laughs> screwed him. And it's sad. And um, I, I was told that Marias looked very concerned for Sterling. 
in the cage. I hope Sterling is okay. Uh, he is. There, there are reports that came out of the arena that he's fine. He was talking to doctors yeah. and he's okay. But yeah, his. I mean, to say his bell got rung. I mean, that that gif is going to live on forever. Yeah, he's dropped like, two of his last five, or dropped three of his last five. But he does have a very. I mean, he beat Barrow in like July, so he's still got that to fall back on. If you're beating Hen and Barrow at this stage, at least, then I think you deserve to be a top ten fighter in that division. But we we talked about where Marias goes for Sterling. I think it'd be smart, uh, maybe put him up against Dodson. That way, at least one of them is going to win. Well, yeah, yeah, I like to see that fight. Because I mean, you got you got Almeida and Rob Font on the on the two twenty show, which is a solid fight. Glad that they have that on there. Speaking of 220, we'll go ahead and talk about this. Officially announced, Ngannou, oh, or not not Ozdemir, not Cormier. I was about to say both of them. Ngannou Miocic, it's happening. UFC saw the dollar signs, and they made that. Boy, that, that contract dispute went away right quick, didn't Real it? Real quick. Super right quick. quick. Right quick. Uh, this is the yeah. fight that needed to happen. I think this is the biggest UFC heavyweight fight. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Since UFC on Fox won, in my opinion, that it, to me it is. Um, and that show, for, for the UFC not having a bunch of pay-per-view draws, like single draws, the way that they have put together this stretch of shows from 218 to 219 to 220, damn, that looks good. You're saying DeSantos and Velasquez was, was – yeah, okay, I can see that. That was a yeah, big – Yeah, the I, scope yeah. of everything and – yeah, I was there for that. That was that was insane. Fox show was ten million people watched it. So yeah, that was that was pretty insane. Yeah, but this Ngannou and and Miocic fight. I mean, I'm looking at the calendar, counting down the days already. I mean, it's going to be absolutely insane. We're going to get a real answer officially as to who the baddest man on the planet is. Yeah, I don't think but, there could be any question after that fight. But yeah, I want to, I want to compliment the UFC for what they've, how they've done this. Like 
UFC 216, they put a couple title fights on, and that that show was not like, you know, we're not going to sit here and pretend like that was some big marquee fight, but I think they, they kind of learned from that. Three title fights on 217, and it was supported by Wonderboy, Masvidal. You had Hendricks on that show. That was that was good booking. 218, you had Holloway and Aldo, Nganu Overeem, Cejudo Pettis, Alvarez Gaethje, Torres Watterson. You had all kinds of exciting fights on that show. 219 is coming up, Joe. You have Cyborg Home, which I consider, in in my opinion, that might be like the highest level women's MMA fight uh, of all time. It's right up there, in my opinion. It's weird because I was watching that promo, and I thought to myself, if Holly Holm defeats Cyborg, she'll have defeated Cyborg and Ronda Rousey. Oh, yeah. And I immediately started thinking, is she the greatest women's mixed martial arts of all time, but then you look at those losses, those three losses that she had, and you're like, ah, kills the argument a bit. Yeah, it's... And Duran, to me, you know, a lot of people had home winning that fight, too. Yeah. So... Yeah. That's rough, too. But on that show, you got Nurma Gamena, Barboza, Rivera, Lineker, Calvillo, Esparza, Condit, Magni. What a... Awesome show. Awesome show, like especially the main card. You've got five. To me, you put five like fights that people will just look at and go, those matter. That's good. And then on 220, you've got Miochik and Nganu, Cormier, Ozdemir. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure that Almeida and Font is on that. I, I got to be sure. I, I, I might be wrong. Um, I think I may have I misspoke on that, but they need to add something to that, make it a little less top heavy. But, um, Shout-outs to the UFC for, for doing that. Anyway, um, elsewhere on this show, Eric Eric Anders defeated Marcus Perez. Scott Holtzman defeated Daryl Horcher. Benito Lopez over Albert Morales. Uh, Andre Sukumtoth TKO'd Luke Sanders. Now, this is what I wanted to ask you about. Luke Sanders, WWE fans may know Luke Sanders as Becky Lynch's boyfriend. That, that finish, it was like... It wasn't getting any better for Luke Sanders. I'll say that. he. It's one of those sad situations where maybe he wasn't hurt. It could have been a flash knockout. But it just wasn't going to get any better for Luke Sanders no matter what happened. He was aware, and he had a hold, he had a hold of the ref's heel. To me, that either means the ref's in too close, or Luke Sanders is a little out of it, or he needs to get out of there. What did you think of the finish? Uh, it's the Brian Caraway effect because he should have been fighting Brian Caraway in this fight. Yeah. Uh, he ends up getting TKO in the second round. So I originally thought that the stoppage came too early because the positioning of the referee was incorrect. Uh, he was too close to the fighters to gauge anything. And then I saw the replay because when I first saw the stoppage, I'm like, no, 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 let him go. Let him go. I know it may not be looking good, but let him go. Give him credit. He's a tough guy. He can take it. He may be able to recover. He may be able to bring him close and be able to just kind of, you know, buy some time. Um, but then when you see the replay, there was one shot where you could see Luke's eyes kind of just go back in his head or kind of that the, the gaze of like, I just been knocked out. And then he wakes up and he keeps going. That's after he got dropped. So, uh, I'm okay with the stoppage. I'm okay. I think the referee positioning was incorrect, but I'm okay with the stoppage. Alexis Davis defeated Liz Carmouche. I mentioned this before, Joe. Every fight in this division is important. This one really was. And somebody asked me, why? Is it because everybody could be one win away from a title shot? And I said, exactly. 
because everybody could be one win away. I mean, you've got Valentina Shevchenko in talks to face a woman who's never been in the UFC before in this division because it's still hashing itself out. Uh, Alexis Davis got the win. I liked the fight. I really enjoyed it. Carmouche working out of those arm bars. That was impressive. What do you think of the decision? Sure. I agreed. I agreed because the just, just the way you know Davis had the opportunity to finish the fight in two different rounds, uh, more than Carmouche did. Um, the, I mean, there was a couple of, of other fights on this card. I'm trying to remember which one it actually was. It may have been this one here. When I was thinking, you know, the fans are booing because they're judging damage. What they're seeing is the left side of Alex or Alexis Davis's face, uh, with the hematoma just completely bruised and battered, and not realizing that that this is not a fight. This is a mixed martial arts bout. You don't judge the fight like they used to do in Pride. You're judging it by rounds, unfortunately. So whatever happens in the first round, a new round. So if the damage happened and it looks like that at faces or her eye is getting just worse and worse and worse as the fight goes on, that happened in the first round. It has nothing to do with the second round. Now, if it continues to get punished, she breaks her nose, blah, blah, yeah, you can start scoring it that way. But people have a tendency to look at the fighters at the very end of a fight and say, oh, man, that person, the other person won. If it was a fight, yeah, but it's a mixed martial arts bout, and it's it's done, it's judged by round. So, 66% of media gave it to Davis. Listen to this split on uh, MMADecisions.com. 47.8% to Davis. 47.8% Carmouche and 4.3 gave it a draw. This is a fight where I think that if you paid attention to it, it shouldn't have hurt anybody's standing. Uh, Carmouche, uh, as I said, right. though, had Carmouche won, who knows what this does for the division because she takes 11 months off at least after every fight. I mean, at 1.16 months off. Uh, Davis missed time, too, but she was having a kid, so... I don't think that anybody, I don't think Liz Carmouche was harmed in this division. People still know who she is. You cannot take what Liz Carmouche has away from her, and that's that she was in the first ever UFC Women's Championship fight, and she was real close to beating Ronda Rousey. And that's something that people will remember. It will stick out in their minds. And uh, also, I mean, Liz Carmouche... Carmouche is just a really good representation or representative of the sport. She will be 34 uh, in a few months by the time she fights next. Uh, Davis will be 30. She's still 33. So some established women here, Joe, but uh, we don't know how they will translate to 125 against some of the young and up-and-comers. Well, isn't Nico the champ getting surgery? Is she? <laughs> I've been I've been out today. Apparently she's interim championship. Yeah, she's... yeah she's right. She's getting surgery. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at some of the live chat here. You guys are uh, you're complimenting. Someone's saying I look cold, or look at my taste. I look cold. It's damn cold, man. Yeah, I'm cool. I, I, wanted, I really I wear sweaters in my nose. I wanted to snowboard tonight, but um, my board hey, doesn't. Man, can you teach shape. me how to snowboard? I, I need to teach me how to snowboard first. I just said I, I tried to uh, snowboard tonight. I have a snowboard. It doesn't mean that I can. I've got yeah. goggles. I've got the headgear. I've got the specific shorts to wear because I have a bruised tailbone for four, four and a half, five years now from a snowboarding uh, incident where I fell 
four straight times on the same mountain in the same spot on the same patch of ice. And they tried to come out with the uh, the skidoo with the stretcher. I said, "You guys put me on that stretcher. We're gonna. I'll triangle choke you guys. Get off me. I'll take the board off and I will. I'll walk down this mountain. No, you can't do that, sir. Yeah, I'm walking down the mountain. I walked down the mountain, Sean, in pain. Took off them boots. Took out a thing. I said, "I'm going in there to grab a drink. I ain't snowboarding for a while." Yes, Nico Montano is getting surgery on her foot, and yes, uh, that would likely happen to me as well. Yeah, it's it's not fun, not fun. I love it though. I love it. I love sort of the, just the freedom. But yeah, I should take lessons. USC Fresno. Anything else stick out to you uh, besides our buddy? I shouldn't say our buddy. It makes us sound biased, but I mean, I, it's it's uh, nothing controversial happened. There were no bad calls. Frank Trigg in the UFC cage is a ref. It made me very happy. What made me happier, Joe, was his stoppage. An all-star stoppage. Yes, Frank did a fantastic job. Uh, I'll flat out say he's my buddy, he's my friend. Uh, we've done a lot of things outside of, of, of the mixed martial arts world together. Uh, so, yeah, Frank's my boy, and I'm very proud of him, very happy for him. Um, and even his, uh, you know, in comparison, um, oh, who was it? I forgot who the other ref was. But Frank, you don't mess around with Frank. You better fight. You got to fight. If you're not fighting, if you're stalling, if no action is happening and he's warned you to imp- like, improve your position or do something, he'll Beltran. separate you. Beltran. Beltran. Yeah, Mike Beltran, who's a good ref. Just had yeah. some two interesting uh, – oh, yeah. it was in the Holtzman fight. In the Holtzman fight where I'm like, no, he's getting mount, man. He's got mount. You can't. You can't. So oh, I remember, yeah. I remember Frank, one time Frank, Bobby Lashley got stood up for mount against Chad Griggs. And, like, it was a very inactive mount. But I was sitting there thinking, he better be asleep in that mount. And I think that was Bobby Lashley's one loss. I think maybe he lost again to like the, to James Thompson or somebody. By the way, James Thompson or versus Ole Thompson next week in a fight that I never knew that I needed, but we're, I'm getting on Bellator. Uh, <laughs> Trevin Giles won via TKO. Davey Ramos defeated Chris Gutzmacher. Damn, I butchered that name. Submit uh, Rear Naked Choke. Alejandro Perez defeated Yuri Alcantara. Frankie Signs. Rough decision. Alex Perez submitted uh, Carl's John de Thomas with an it was an anaconda or a Darce. I thought it was a Darce. Thought it was a Darce too. The the results have it listed as anaconda. Over on Bellator, though, not a whole lot to talk about. Uh, Brandon Gertz looked real good. I just wanted to point that out. His fight only lasted a couple of minutes. He was on a three-fight losing streak. If he lost, he was probably out of the U or out of the Bellator. And this came after a streak where he won five of six fights in Bellator. But he looked awesome. He looked like a great fighter tonight. But uh, the story of Bellator was Rafael Carvalho. Rafael Carvalho, unfortunately, has a stigma associated with him because of the first Melvin Manhoof fight. Yep. A lot of people don't understand how much of a badass Rafael Carvalho is. 15-1, 15 wins in a row. His only loss is in his debut. And tonight he KO'd and obliterated Alessio Sakara in 45 seconds with one of the sickest elbows I have ever seen. This comes after he knocked out Matt, Melvin Manhoof in their rematch, which I don't know why it was booked. 
Like in that event, I just say, sorry, guys. He uh, TKO'd and beat uh, Brandon Halsey before that. And Brandon Halsey looked like something back then. Like looked like he was going to be something special. This guy is real good. He's real good. And up next, Joe, he's probably got Gegard Musashi. Gegard Musashi said, bring it on, do it. This is the biggest fight in the Bellator middleweight division ever. Ever. The only thing that maybe touches it is Lombard Schlemenko. But I think that was big. Yeah, I think this I think this is the biggest one ever, all things considered. Couple reasons why. Gegard Musashi's track record. Just you know, what what can you say about it? Carvalho tonight tied Alexander Schlemenko with his third consecutive successful middleweight title defense. The only person in Bellator period that he trails is Ben Askren. Mm-hmm. Hats off to Rafael Carvalho. Yeah, that's going to be a good fight, though, man. I mean, I mean, to be honest with you, like my fellow Italian there, Alessio Sakara, has no business competing in mixed martial arts anymore. Um, he was a fantastic boxer before he got to the UFC. When he got to the UFC, he took a lot of punishment, which took a lot of, of almost like years off his life. His chin was was becoming suspect. Uh, to the tail end of that, he then goes over to Bellator. You know, we saw what he did in Bellator, and, and then he gets this title fight. And you know, Carvalho is just at a different level than Alessio right now. So, yeah, um, yeah, like Carvalho, he, he's, he's unbeaten in his last four fights. Sakara is, and he had a nice run in Bellator. Last year, 2016. But it's been a year since he fought. Yeah, man. And I don't know if uh, putting up a putting a guy who hasn't fought in a year, then making him cut to a weight that he hasn't competed at in four years at middleweight, because he had been fighting at, at, uh, at light heavyweight. And, you know, Brian Rogers and Joey Beltran ain't Rafael Carvalho. Correct. That I can confirm. Dib Akil, he ain't Rafael Carvalho. That was bad. Now, the division is rough, but just why not Musashi? Why not Musashi? Why not what, what if Carvalho, What's Shulmenko what doing these days? What if Carvalho wins that fight? Huh? Okay. What if Carvalho wins that fight, beats Musashi? Oh then he's, well, without a doubt, the... Best Bellator middleweight of all time, Hector Lombard yeah, included. That, Man, that's a title. Well, you could say this for any Bellator title, but that's a title that went through some rough times. Uh, Lombard won it June yeah. 09, didn't defend it until October 2010, then vacated it like, what, 16 months later without defending it? Then they didn't even get a new champion for 10 months. And then finally it started to pick up steam. But then when Halsey won it, he missed weight. Yeah. Damn. Damn. So, what a yeah. shame. Quick quick uh, thing before uh, we wrap this up here. Are you buying or selling this uh, Dana White just denied Conor McGregor versus Manny Pacquiao is in negotiations? Uh, I think it's been pitched. I don't know if they're in negotiations, but I think there's something going on yeah. there. Hey, the UFC, you think if, you, if, you, if you do believe Dana White, the UFC had their best financial year in 2017 without any giant pay-per-view numbers from the UFC. But on the back of Mayweather, McGregor, and the cut that they got, it became their most successful year. They can do it again. I'm sure they will. I don't, 
And don't, don't, I mean, I, people need to, like, Dana White drops these little seeds everywhere that a lot of, a lot of the media members never catch, especially when he's do those scrums. Um, he's wearing a Zufa boxing shirt for a reason. Yeah. So pay attention to that. I mean, I, I, I remember when, when McGregor and, and Mayweather was talked about, we all said it's never going to happen, never going to happen, never going to happen. Well, it happened. So sure with, this, with this pack with this Pacquiao and McGregor thing, at this point, never say never, man. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Strip him of the belt, though. Get him out of here. That's enough. Guys, head over to Fightful. We have a ton of exclusives, like too many to even mention. Uh, this week on the Holy Smokes MMA podcast, 3 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday, you will hear from. How about how about this? How about Holly Holm? How about Chris Cyborg? James Lynch talked to them both recently. How about Michael McDonald? I spoke to him this week. He's about to make his Bellator debut next week. We'll hear from him as well. How, how about that? How about that? Uh, there may be some breaking news on Tuesday's Holy Smokes podcast. I will, uh, I will endeavor to see if uh, the parties will allow the news to be broken. Is that fair? Well, the party is always happening on thir- on Tuesdays, rather, at 3 p.m. <laughs> on the Holy Smokes MMA podcast, guys. I want to thank you all so much. Uh, it means a lot. You all stayed up late with us. We were originally going to do this show tomorrow, but uh, some things got moved around. I was able to uh, work tonight, able to make it, and Showdown Joe, without hesitation, hopped on the show. So thank you to Joe as well. Uh, leave us a thumbs up, subscribe, like, let people know about us. Uh, we're still very, very young, especially on the MMA side, but you head over to that exclusive section on FightfulMMA.com. You all are going to see a ton of stuff that you won't get anywhere else. Guys, until next time, we are out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.